Welcome to Pints and Pelvic Floors, a podcast designed to normalize the discussion around all things pee, poop, sex, and more. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Noble, owner of Pelvic Pride Physical Therapy and Wellness, an LGBTQ-owned transgender safe space and clinic for all. Grab a pint and come as you are as we uncover the myths around our genitals and destigmatize normal body functions, as well as normalize asking for help. So raise your glass because it's a beautiful day to save pelvic floors. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of Pints and Pelvic Floors. I hope you've enjoyed the first few episodes and figured we'd take today to answer one of the more common questions that we get, which is, do men have a pelvic floor and do men need pelvic PT? We'll clarify that first off and say that men or male identifying individuals or penis owners, really the question is, do penis owners need pelvic PT and do they have a pelvic floor? The answer is yes. Um, My snarky answer to that tends to be when I tell people we treat anything related to pee, poop, and sex, do these individuals pee, do they poop, and do they have sex or any kind of intimacy in their life that requires their penis to function appropriately? The answer for most people is yes. So absolutely male identifying, penis owning, men, whatever verbs or words you want to use for this, the verbiage we tend to use, um, you know, male identifying, female identifying, or vaginal vagina owners and penis owners. So they do have a pelvic floor, therefore they can benefit from pelvic floor PT. We'll go over some different things that we see, especially related to the penis. That's maybe a little bit different. Um, but in general, you know, people with penises do have issues with urinary stuff. Um, they're going to have issues with pain and erection things. They have constipation. We have a couple other, um, added issues with things like how the prostate functions in the body and, um, the testicles and some issues we see with the testicles. So let's dive in. When it comes to urinary side of things, we tend to have, um, incontinence, urge, and frequency a lot with our patients with penises. Um, this is very much the same as patients with vaginas the bladder is the same structure. The bladder functions the same. It's just a different, um, pathway to get out of our body. When someone has a penis and a prostate, still we have the prostate to take into consideration. So sometimes if the prostate is inflamed or enlarged, it's creating more closure around the urethra, leaving the bladder going down the shaft of the penis and out to urinate. Um, with that inflammation or enlargement of the prostate, we may get some issues, maybe some urgency, but also some hesitancy. So difficulty getting the urine out. I have had patients that come in and they almost feel like a pocketing, like they have to kind of lift the testicles or push on the area and the perineum to help get the rest of the urine out. So this is an interesting uh, anatomical difference for those with a penis. And then with that, just inflammation, irritation, again, if the prostate's involved, we can get frequency where we're just going to the bathroom more often. But this is again, very similar to those that have a vagina, what we typically think of most of that education out there in the world about the pelvic floor is that, you know, if the bladder is sending the signal too fast, which we covered in a previous episode, if the bladder is sending the signal too fast and we get that need to go before we actually are full. We're going to be getting the signal more frequently, which means we're in the bathroom more often. So that is something we can absolutely help with. Sometimes we get some like post void dribbling or some, um, leakage. 
Again, this might come from muscles that are a little too tight, that aren't relaxing all the way. And then we change position, we move around a little bit, we take a few steps and those muscles let go again or let go enough to relax instead of being held tight and they let a little bit of urine out. Um, sometimes I describe this in, in all of my patients or we kind of talk about it is the sensation of like when you put your f- thumb on a straw and you lift it out of a drink, it has a little bit of that uh, liquid and the drink's still in the straw. And so it's almost like that, like those muscles have clenched and they're holding that little bit of urine and then something lets go. Something picks that finger up off the straw and that little bit comes out. It's not a lot. It's not like we're le- losing the whole bladder, but it's still annoying. Um, so that is something we do work on as far as you know, what is the pelvic floor doing? Is it tight? And that's why it's happening. Or is it more of a weakness issue? And is that why it's happening? So when it comes to urinary things, penis owning people are going to have urinary incontinence. They're going to have urgency. They're going to have frequency. They're going to have hesitancy, just like those with the vagina. Interesting things that come along with uh, penis owners though, is that we have erections that are external or on the outside of the body. Keep in mind, clitoral tissue and penile tissue is both erectile tissue both going to fill with blood, both going to elongate and enlarge. Um, but for a penis, because it is much more on the outside of the body, it's just more obvious. So we work a lot with our patients with penises on erection. Sometimes we're working on difficulty, um, getting an erection, creating an erection. Sometimes we have difficulty maintaining erection. And then other times we're just having issues with when the erection occurs, it's painful. In all these cases, we are just going to do a deep dive into many different factors, but deciding the kind of the big start three questions that we've gone through over and over again is, are the muscles weak? Are the muscles tight? Or are they a mixture of both? And so we want to make sure that the pelvic floor muscles are strong enough to contract and keep blood in the area to maintain erection. But we also want to make sure that they aren't too tight, that we're getting any discomfort or pain during ejection or uh, erection or ejaculation. So that's a nuance to someone with a penis versus someone with a vagina and a clitoris. When it comes to how do we treat, we can definitely help work on that. I think the common question we get is, you know, do you touch the shaft of the penis? We have to keep in mind that uh, some of the pelvic floor muscles do attach to the bottom about one third of the shaft of the penis. So yeah, sometimes we're having to assess those muscles to see, is there any issue there, depending on what our patient complaint is. Keep in mind, enthusiastic consent is huge at pelvic pride. And so if we are going to need to assess these muscles, we're going to go through conversations of here's the anatomy, here's the muscle, here's where it attaches and how it functions. Here's why your specific symptoms make me curious or think that it would be clinically relevant and appropriate to assess these muscles. We have models. Um, we have anatomical models. We even have things like Packers or, um, like penis models in clinic to show this is how far up we're going to touch. This is the area we're going to be in. So the patient really does understand what we're looking at and why we're looking at it. And if a patient just doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't feel like that's an area they want to assess, no worries. We talk about all the different things we can look at and we find a different approach. We find something else to do. Um, some patients just need some time to think on it, which is a okay. Do this a lot. We'll, um, rectal, honestly, internal rectal exams is one of those where sometimes patients are a little apprehensive. No sweat. We educate on here. Something that I would like to try here are the reasons it can be beneficial. Um, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to let us know, feel free to take this home, kind of digest the information, see if you have any questions, kind of sit with your feelings on it. And then when we come back, 
next session or in any future session, you can make the decision that you would like to assess those pelvic floor muscles. But we also try to reassure them. It's totally normal part of the process that uh, we assess frequently. So it's, you know, very common thing for us. We are happy to do it, very confident in our abilities, but want to respect the patient's feelings on the matter as well. So um, that all just really leads back to, do we work on the shaft of the penis? We do the bottom little bit, um, just again, trying to see are those muscles that are attaching in that area tense? Are they creating pain? Are we reproducing anything? Are we getting pulling? You know, what is happening in the area, but we're going to stay away from the rest. Now, if we need to assess anything else, more of the tip or anything like that for any um, scarring for any uh, changes in skin tissue or anything like that, we absolutely will. Um, but in general, we are going to be very upfront as to what we're touching, why we're touching it and where we're trying to assess just like we would with any patient for any body part. Pain, pain's the next one. So a lot of patients do come in to see us in our penis owning male identifying population with pain, pain in the tip of the penis, pain in the shaft of the penis, um, pain in the rectal muscles, pain in the testicles, pain in all various places. And so oftentimes we find that the nerves are involved here. We can get some nerve compression, maybe some nerve entrapment or nerve, um, with less mobility than it should have running through the area, maybe from a tight muscle, maybe from a fascial or a ligamentous thing happening. Um, and so we're really trying to decide where is this nerve getting unhappy and how can we help make it move better, feel better and not reproduce any kind of pain. So nerve pain is super common. Everyone has nerves. And so if you have a pelvic floor and you have nerves, we can help with it. Constipation. Constipation and hemorrhoids are another big topic we see with our uh, penis owning male identifying patients or just penis owning anything identifying patients. Um, constipation happens to everyone that has a rectum and a colon and eats food and needs to poop. So uh, we work on that in the same ways we do with any patient, really just trying to work through a variety of different um, factors that impact how our body food is moving through our body. And when it comes to the pelvic floor, very specifically, we really want to look at, uh, what our mechanics are and then what is the pressure building up in the external anal sphincter, that muscle right at the end before poop comes out and then the pressure deeper inside. So yes, if someone can experience constipation and has bowel movements, then they can see a pelvic PT, which includes our patients that have penises. We've touched a lot on the prostate. So again, just keeping in mind, if it gets inflamed or it creates more compression, it can definitely impact the urinary things as well as ejaculatory things. If we think of where the uh, anatomy is here, um, as whether it's um, semen or urine coming out, it's going to go through the shaft of the penis. If there's any tension, again, in those pelvic muscles, we have to make sure there's no restriction there. But if we have the prostate affecting urinary things, the prostate may come out, right? When we think of an enlarged prostate, maybe we're at risk for prostate cancer. We want to be preventative. We, you know, patients can have a surgery that will remove the prostate. Thing you have to remember when we remove the prostate is we have taken away what has maybe, uh, temporarily created an extra sphincter. So the prostate, as it had been enlarged for someone's during someone's life, it's closing around the urethra. If it's closing around the urethra and is impacting the urine flow, how your body and your muscles have responded to it because the prostate was part of the picture and it's been removed. Now we're at risk for more leakage. 
um, more frequency, maybe some more dribbling, post-void dribbling. And so it's going to be super important after a prostatectomy or removal of the prostate that we go in, assess the pelvic floor muscles, make sure we're engaging everything appropriately, make sure that the pelvic floor is doing its job to support and that our pelvic muscles are doing their job to act as sphincter around the base of the shaft of the penis and keeping the urine in so we're not having leakage, but we're also having complete full voiding of the bladder. Last thing is the testicles. So again, we have to take into consideration all the different areas. So for our patients that have testicles, we want to make sure that we're not having any testicular pain. We have patients oftentimes come in reporting testicular pain. Sometimes it's coming from a nerve and that we're getting some referred pain patterns. Um, other times it may be coming from some other un, uh, lesser observed or lesser looked at structures. Um, it might be some fascial restriction or pulling from the scrotal tissue. Uh, maybe it's the spermatic cord. This is a, um, a component we have introduced a lot in our practice lately and have had some pretty good success with our patients. One in particular pops in mind um, that we did a, just like a spermatic cord tractioning, pretty light. I'm thinking like 20, 25% pressure maybe. Um, and being able to give that traction actually reduced and then eliminated the pain, um, which was the first time this had happened in a very long time. So again, this was someone who, you know, at first can be very hesitant when you're introducing something totally new, asking to touch a different area, we reviewed what it could do, how it could help, what it may tell us. The patient was able to take that information and kind of digest it and think on it. And then came back in and was like, Hey, I think, yeah, I'm ready to give it a shot. And so we educated and informed. They trusted us after some time to just kind of deliberate. And we performed that release and it was super, super helpful. Um, so it's, you know, important that when we're looking at testicular pain as pelvic PTs, we're going to be looking at a lot of different areas, but again, going back to our question of, are we going to touch that area? Yeah. If we need to, if it's a part of it that we think might be, um, impacted by the the pelvic floor or impacting their patient's symptoms, then we're going to assess the tissue. When I first started pelvic PT, um, it was instructed in a way that you just gave a patient a towel and said, you know, I need you to lift all of this out of the way. And you stayed just on the low pelvic floor muscles. Fortunately that has changed. We've gotten a lot more, um, knowledgeable and comfortable and, have taken just the lead on being the experts in this area and recognize that, you know, with that patient, had I never done this tractioning, we would not have been able to relieve some testicular pain. And so there is knowledge, but there's also rapport and there's trust with your patients that being able to touch a more delicate area can be therapeutic in a way that is hitting a very real anatomical structure, giving release and seeing, does that help? And so again, for this patient, we think, okay, there's nothing else I can really come up with. We've done all these things. If we are in movements where things are, you know, maybe testicles are moving forward, maybe we're standing, we're running, uh, maybe we're being intimate, different movements that could potentially create pain. We have to think to ourselves, okay, well, what's happening? It's no different than if I tell you when I move my shoulder a certain way, okay, well, what muscles are being fired? What's being stretched? Oh, if I lift my shoulder up, I get this intense mid-back pain. Okay, well weird. If I follow the lats back, the lats are reproducing the pain. You, you walk through it orthopedically. It's no different for the pelvic floor. So we are thinking, okay, well, when this person is running, standing, walking up and down the stairs, whatever it may be, what's happening, what's getting pulled, what's anatomically in that area and how can we assess it? So 
it is super important to assess these areas um, and make sure that we are not missing anything. So that's kind of the, the big gist of, you know, do we treat penis owning patients? Do they have pelvic floors? Can they be helped? Yes. Very much like vagina owners, they can have urinary things, they can have pain, they can have constipation and they can have um, intimacy or sexual problems. And so with our individuals that have a penis, we absolutely are going to review urinary health. You know, are they having leakage? Are they having hesitancy, urgency, frequency? We're going to make sure that they are able to get full, full erections, that they are able to maintain the erection as long and as full as they would like to, and that they are able to have, um, to reach climax, to orgasm, ejaculate, and not have any pain with any of that. We're going to make sure uh, if there isn't any pain, we're figuring out is the pain coming from the muscles, is pain coming from the nerves, just like we would with all of our patients. We're going to look at constipation to make sure we're ruling out any causes for that. We're going to assess for prostate, just make sure that if the prostate has involved, if there's an inflammation, or again, if a surgery has been performed, how is that changing the function and the anatomy in the area? And then finally, making sure we're looking at the testicles for all the testicular pain we do get in here, and how can we help address that? So... Hopefully that answers the question, do men have pelvic floors or do male identifying or penis owning individuals have pelvic floors? Yeah, absolutely they do. They can be helped in PT. Honestly, it tends to be our group that is super, super thankful, but also super overlooked and can't find anyone to listen. Um, sometimes there is this discomfort of just being able to talk about these different body parts. And so whenever we get to work with our awesome male patients here at Public Pride, um, it's super fun and great to find, to have a patient who's found a provider where they find trust and they're open and willing to share their symptoms with us so we can help them out. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it. They are a great population. And if you are someone out there who's listening to this and you're like, yeah, that sounds like me please feel free to reach out. We would be happy to help. Uh, we want to make it as comfortable as we possibly can for you. We want to be here to listen to your symptoms and hear you and help out with anything we can. Um, and recognize that, you know, we will draw our own boundaries as providers, but we are not going to dismiss your symptoms. We want to hear about anything from, you know, again, burning pain in the tip of the penis, shooting pain into the, you know, testicles, um, pain with ejaculation. Like those are the questions we want to ask those the answers we want to hear so we can help you out. Um, nothing's off the table. Nothing's TMI. Like I said, we'll have boundaries and we'll respect them. We're going to respect yours as well. But I, you know, we invite all patients that have concerns on this area to reach out. There shouldn't be anything that's off the table to talk about as long as, um, it's something pelvic floor related that we can help with. So hope this was super helpful. Um, again, Go back and listen to the first few if you're just kind of tuning in for the first time. It gives you an introduction and um, what is the pelvic floor, what's its function, and how do we become pelvic floor PTs. And so this is just one more kind of foundational topic I wanted to cover because I feel like this there's a big population that has these issues, but will probably write it off because they think, you know, either that's not for me. I don't want to get help. I'm embarrassed. Or they just generally, genuinely don't know that they have pelvic floor muscles. Um, we get that a lot. A lot of times patients, female identifying, you know, vagina owning patients will come in and say like, Oh, my partner, my husband, my boyfriend, my whoever, um, has this problem. And they're like, I didn't know they could, or just like, does my partner have a pelvic floor? I'm like, yeah, they do. So that's sometimes how we get patients in the door as well, um, because a partner has come and seen the benefits of pelvic PT and they share that. And then that may make them a little more comfortable because they have that rapport and they have that um, word of mouth 
safety to say, Hey, this is a good place you should go. So long winded answer. Hopefully that made sense. If there's any questions on any of the topics we covered in regards to, um, penis owners having pelvic floors and how pelvic floor PT can help with that. Send us a message. If you have any questions on anything, other topics or anything you want to hear, feel free to DM us. Um, and that is about it for the day. We look forward to talking to you next time. Cheers. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute providing medical advice or professional services. Please reach out to your primary care provider if you need any assistance.